If you were born between 1969 and 1984, you are a part of the 65 million Gen Xers. And you've just found your new family. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Gen X perspectives on rapidly changing technology, history, media, politics. How they come together and influence every aspect of daily life. The world we were raised in has ceased to exist, but we haven't. Let's do it. Welcome to the Carolina Underground. Now your hosts, Mark and Mike. Yo, 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 Big Daddy, we back again on the Carolina Underground. Also, I guess I should say, welcome, comrade, as China says we need to become good world citizens. Okay, if I've got to be a comrade to be a good world citizen, we're all, oh, I'm already off to a bad start. <laughs> How you doing this evening, Mike? I am doing fine, Mark. It's good to talk to you again, my friend. Well, you might get, you might eventually get over that, but I'm glad you still feel that way. <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 that the headline today is, you know, that that Chinese guy Xi Jinping. I, I don't ever know how to say Xi Jinping. Yeah, yeah, right, that yeah. one. The the big <clears throat> scuttlebutt today is why is his letting his hair turn gray? Oh my god! That was actually a headline on the Drudge Report today. I didn't really and, and, believe it. Who cares, as may I ask? that he, well, And, of course, my hair is turned loose rather than turning gray. Well, so, you know, mine, you know. It, it's, I'm sure letting my solar panel show through as I'm reducing my carbon footprint. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, no, serious, who actually cares? I mean, this has to be something from China. Uh, it is actually ChinaDaily.com. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Gotcha, I don't know gotcha, if gotcha. that is actually published by Chinese people. Or mm-hmm. what? But the uh, part about the World Global Civilization Initiative, that's a fact. They are oh, trying yeah, to go yeah. after and pursue that as they are responsible stewards of the planet. Uh, but the last time I checked, they're probably the ones that are probably doing the most damage to the planet. Well, yeah, they're the ones that have the uh, the fishing factories that, that, that drag five miles of gill netting behind the vessel and, you know, kill all the dolphins and the, mm-hmm. all the shrimp and the whales and every dadgum thing else that gets caught up in that. Uh, they also, you know, one a single one of their carbon, you know, our, our, our coal-burning plants probably emits more carbon into the atmosphere than, you know, the entire United States industries mm-hmm. do because of all of that so that's uh well, yeah you know, but but go ahead we started having a problem i think where we re- i think the 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 kernel of the issue with china began with richard nixon i'm gonna say it's further back than that well i'm a but, and part of what i'm getting at on this is rich this is that is the first time when the their idea that Taiwan was actually theirs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. got some traction by somebody that was a prominent on the world stage. Well, yeah. So now, again, and my comment on that was, uh, you know, Napoleon Bonaparte, intriguingly, was something of an amateur poet. 
And he wrote a poem about China, and one particular stanza of that poem translates roughly to, China is a sleeping giant. Let her sleep. If you wake her, she will move mountains as a warning to the rest of the world. And I mean, again, uh, about 4000 BC, China built a fleet of giant junks, you know, their Mm -hmm. ship, and sailed around the entire planet to see whatever else was out there. And they basically came back after they had sailed around the world and uh, the captains reported, yeah, there ain't nothing out there that we care about. And they destroyed all the junks and, and used them to build um, t- houses in various villages. But, you know, the whole point being that uh, China always was a sleeping giant. And I will agree that when Nixon opened China with, you know, everybody believed that the intent was uh, to... May, you know, take them from communism into capitalism right. and show them how wonderful that was, you know, um, that, that was, that was what has brought about the, 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 the time that we're seeing now. Correct. Where, correct. With, with the, know, it, with the, uh, heightened tensions over Taiwan and the sovereignty of Taiwan. Well, not just that. Again, China has, um, loaned, and I say that with air quotes, has loaned uh, tremendous amounts of money to uh, nations knowing full well, you know, these impoverished uh, third world nations that, 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 you know, for infrastructure development and everything, knowing full well that they're going to default on the loans. Mm-hmm. But when they default on the loans, then guess who owns the infrastructure that's been built? China, well, China does. Yeah, and so they've done this in Brazil, they've done it in Africa, they've done it in parts of Europe, from my understanding, they've done it all over the globe. Well, and they're and, teaming with the uh, Taliban to build uh, a highway across Afghanistan that connects main uh, the main body of China to Europe. Absolutely. And then, of course, the lithium deposits that we use to make all of these batteries for all of these green vehicles and whatnot... Um, are and, and of course your cell phones mm-hmm. and everything has got some rechargeable stuff in it. The vast majority of the deposits in the world are from China. China. Yeah. Well, and you know the other big headline is the Chinese president is uh, accepted an invitation to visit Mr. Putin in Moscow. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think it's there to serve an arrest warrant for his crimes against the children because mm-hmm. uh, they you know they did ship the children out of the ukraine uh they say that was a war crime but if you're bombing an area would you rather them ship the children out or leave them there while they're bombing them and killing them yeah exactly exactly well and of course that also you know there's there's also the fact that uh you know the 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 Ukrainians at the urgings partially of our of our administration uh prior to uh Putin's invasion were consistently shelling and bombing the Donbass region mm-hmm. uh which is the Soviet or Russian speaking uh segments so I mean that is just such a quagmire but yeah we we you know I mean it, it it's it's should be plain as the nose on on your face to anybody that's paying attention that that as the United States uh, continues to 
uh, assist the Ukraine in escalating tensions, mm-hmm. um, that what is that going to do but push Russia and China into a closer relationship again? Now, again, you got to remember during Brezhnev uh, and Mao, uh, China and, and uh, Russia were thick as thieves. But right. nobody cared because our, you know, the GDP of California was greater than the combination of uh, the Soviet Union and uh, China. Right. So, anyway. Well, they so say just, they are going to uphold an objective and fair position on the Ukraine crisis and play a constructive role in promoting talks for peace. Because, of course, you know, that's what China is known for is objective and fair positions well that's only well that's only in public it's then when they go to them uyghurs they just kill them and just get them out of the way well you know and that is exactly one of the points that i always come back to uh is that you know all of the folks in the united states that are screaming about how horrifyingly systemically racist the united states are is and and how evil the united states is to transgenders and let them go live a week in iran and start mouthing their stuff and see what happens to them exactly so if you're if you're if you're a muslim in china which is what the uyghurs are guess what you're going to be enslaved uh it is perfectly legal to Mm -hmm. rape and kill a uyghur and uh, Um, and also christians in china it's not just the muslims it's just christians as well and then, right, of course, right, we right. had the Russian downing a drone over the Black Sea. Mm. Uh, and I don't know about you, but normally when I hear the term Black Sea, I normally mm. think of Russia anyway. That's Russian airspace. And so yeah. then the next question is, is why were we flying a drone there in the first place? We have no business over there. Yeah. The Ukraine is corrupt. It's always been corrupt. As far as I'm concerned, yeah, I have always seen it as a part of Russia. To begin with, historically, mm-hmm. and yeah. who are we to say that Putin's wrong and Ukraine's right, or Ukraine's right or wrong and Putin's right? It's it's just like saying that uh, you could argue anything for all intents and purposes. It could just be another small civil war. Well, and and it and it kind of is, and I mean, again, that was one of the areas. So, yeah, the, the Ukraine uh, area was one of the breadbaskets for the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that's where a significant amount of their arable farmland is, was located there. So, you know, and again, it's, you know, the problem is there's so much misinformation and poorly reported information that we receive we really don't know who's right or wrong. And again, and I agree one of that. the other things that I've always been taught is that there's three sides to every story. There's your side, there's their side, and somewhere between those two lies the truth. Correct. Okay. And like, and, and that, like our, fed, our government and military has come out and said, oh, they dumped fuel on it. We were in international mm-hmm. waters. We did this. Well, I'm going to mm-hmm. be honest with you. If I was standing outside in the daylight and a mm-hmm. representative from our government came out and announced that the sun was shining, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure I'd have believed them. No, I agree. And again, the other thing is, it's like it, the, the, the question about 
the Chinese spy balloon as it traveled. Now, of course, the Chinese spy balloon did cross the entire continental United States before somebody decided to pop it with a sidewinder missile that runs, I think, $1.4 million per missile or something yeah. like that. Yeah. I think that's about right. Yeah, And it yeah. fired off a $200 million jet. Exactly. Exactly. So for a you know seventy five dollar balloon, right now I mean again, and all of this stuff at the at the end of the day, the 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 whole bottom line is when we had a strong United States, we didn't have to worry about those sorts of provocations. We didn't have to care, okay. But now that we are, you know, ever since Afghanistan withdrawal where we mm -hmm. left millions of dollars worth of equipment and technology over there i would oh, I, I bet it's not i bet don't think it's in the millions i think it's in the billions with a b and and that's probably fair but we have been systematically reducing the effectiveness and operational readiness of our of the united states military and again it's one of those things i you know there, there's, there's the whole thing around the the Russian invasion of Ukraine is mm -hmm. so muddy and so murky. Now, number one, I am not a hawk, okay, but I, I am a patriot, okay. So, yeah, I, do I think it's a, you know, do I think it's wrong for one country to invade another country? Yeah, you betcha. But guess what? We don't hear about every invasion that takes place around right. the world. We only hear about the ones that our media, that right. our propaganda media wants right. us to know. Right, because it, this somehow fits into their narrative, mm -hmm. and their and and let, let's just be honest: the mm -hmm. Biden family, uh, the Pelosi family, the McConnell family. We all know their children have made massive amounts of money out of Ukraine and their corrupt system. And probably everybody in Washington probably has a finger in the pie somewhere at some point to where they've getting some kind of kickbacks or something out of it. Because oh, I'm going to be honest with you, mm -hmm. I cannot remember in my lifetime, probably since we were little boys, mm -hmm. that we actually had politicians that cared more about what happened in the United States mm -hmm. than they were about lining their pockets. I really don't think that ever since the you know the the the, the folks from World War II uh, started aging out of politics and dying out of politics, I really don't think we've I don't really think we've had anybody. I think that the people that went through World War II and the crucible of World War II, mm -hmm. they really cared. But since that point, I you know I and now and I even believe our generation cared, but I don't believe the politicians did. Okay, I, I really don't. I don't see that because, and they reached the point again, you know, uh, during, during, and it was during the Obama administration. And I'm not bashing Obama, but it was during the Obama administration was the point where they stopped caring enough about even pretending to be doing things up for the citizenry of the United States. That was the point when Pelosi said about the Affordable Care Act, well, you don't get to know what it is until you vote for it. You right. have to vote for right. it to know what's in the bill. Okay, at that point, that is the whole point where everybody in every, patri every patriotic citizen of the United States should have said, hold up. Exactly. That's not what you guys are here for. And, I mean, they treat 
the citizenry of the United States as if they are a monarchy, and they are not. I mean, they act like the news media treats mm-hmm. the federal government as if it is a Well, a, a and it monarchy. perpetuates, as we've talked before, the, the idea of that you, the joke, us, well, you, me, and everybody else, we're supposed to consider ourselves a victim and damaged right. by everything that came along. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you one thing: you take those, pick them up, and put, drop them in in Tehran, drop mm-hmm. them in Iraq, drop mm-hmm. them in Saudi Arabia, and see how much in Dubai, and see how long they get by with this constant mouthing. And you know, it's not the point that they, you want to argue and you want that you don't like something. That's fine. There's a lot of things that I have problems with, but you know what? I don't constantly bash it without trying to present a solution. Because mm-hmm. if you don't help, can't help present something that to solve the problem, mm-hmm. then shut up. <laughs> well, you know, and again, this is one of the things I was listening to a little bit of a discussion about the the scopes trials, and at at the end of that, I'm going to really have to do some time and 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 read more in depth because and this was the this was uh darwinism in the schools was the scope mm-hmm. the scopes monkey trials they right called them. and um that in uh, in i never realized it but that really was truly the trial of the century okay that was the most pivotal trial of that century because it was the in it, it was the the basis by which we defined what free speech really is and what its limits are, according to what I was listening to, or, you know, what I heard today. So I'm going to have right. to do some more research on that, and that would be a good topic for another point, which I just realized, I mean, we've gone pretty far down several different rabbit holes, and I don't remember <laughs> what our original topic was. Were we talking about Xi Jinping's hair? Or <laughs> well, I, we, we were talking or globalism about globalism, or <laughs> how he has uh, let it go gray, and how that's going to play on the pages of Vogue when we join the world society and being good comrades. So, okay, so what? how are we supposed to be good comrades and join society? Now, from the perspective of China, then that's going to mean we're going to have to tow the Chinese People's you know, Party, um, the CPR, or P, is it CPR or PCR? People's Republic, PRC, PRC. PRC. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to follow the uh, party line, the talking points. Uh, and and the party line of the of the Chinese Communist mm-hmm. government, you know, and it and 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 our media and our corporations and all that stuff really aren't too far off base from that right now, honestly. Right. Um, so you know, well, you know, and, and I look at it like this, mm-hmm. and I think you and I are in agreement, and essentially we continue to say the same things. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Putin's invasion of Ukraine, anytime anybody fights, that's not a good thing. But we Mm -hmm. and the Europeans are definitely not in a position to resist Russian invasion, nor should we be in a position to resist it because it's none of our business. True. That is very true. And and we see the, the sending of fighter jets i think your uh, the sure. european nation just sent some more migs poland poland yep. sent poland, some MiGs. russian planes to fight russia 
interesting. So uh, if they're an NATO country, then why are they buying Russian-made aircraft? Why are they not buying the American-made aircraft or the British-made aircraft? And and again, here's the thing. All right, now I mean, so we go back to it, and 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 I always again when I think about this, I think about Chamberlain at the you know from from Great Britain at the beginning of World War II after after Nazi Germany had invaded Poland, mm-hmm. and the the peace accords that they signed and everything like that. Peace in our time, and so there is a danger admittedly to isolationism the problem that i have and the reason that i push back on the isolationist or or, or on not assuming the isolationist policy uh with regards to ukraine and russia is the thing that the 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 bio labs that were very similar to the wuhan bio lab that we the united states were funding Mm -hmm. right across the street from you know, right across the border from Russia, right? Uh, Ukraine's shelling of the Donbass region from, you know, being prompted partially, not completely necessarily, but at least in part by our government, mm-hmm. um, our government, uh, in encouraging Ukraine to join NATO. Now the North American treaty organization was designed to offset the power and control in the region by the United Soviet, you know, the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. The Soviet Union dissolved. Yes. So why do we still have NATO? So all of those things kind of play in to well, my can, question I, about my why question we need about to be why there. my answer to the question of why we still have NATO is mm-hmm. simple. Okay. NATO generates money for defense contractors. Exactly, exactly, and the endless wars. You know the the wars. You know what's really what I really find Syria. I really find okay. interesting is the previous presidency, and I'm not a Trump fan by any means. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the man didn't know when to shut up. But well, personally, that. Mm-hmm. well, let's look at what happened under his. There were no wars. We didn't lose us had didn't lose a soldier in Afghanistan for what was it eighteen months, right? He he essentially was it doing the what he could to pull out and end something that should have ended a long time ago, mm-hmm. where we lost our way and you know the United States has a bad habit of starting something and never following all the way through. If you're going to go in, you go in to win. You don't go in to say, okay, I'm going to smack your hand, and that's bad. You're not allowed to say that, and then we're going to leave, because you know they're going to come right back and do the same thing again. Well, and then, and that started during the Vietnam War under the uh, under the uh, presidency of our buddy uh, Lyndon Johnson, that mm-hmm. we discussed a little bit. And again, Lands- that was the first Landsli- Landslide Lyndon. Landslide Lyndon. Yeah, and so, I mean, again, that's the first war. Now, Korea, we, you know, that the Korean War was, or Korean War was not a war. It was a police action, number one. Number two, uh, we've been under a ceasefire on that particular police action uh, with, you know, the uh, 87th parallel and the, you know, the accords of that. But that mm-hmm. was never a resolved conflict. 
And that was kind of the first time that the United States went toe-to-toe against the might of China. Um, but, you know, of course, we were. it was under the guise of fighting North Korea, right. which that was, you know, that the, the, and what they proved at that point was that they had sufficient bodies. They could just sacrifice as many bodies as they wanted to, and right. it would, you know, it would not matter to them. Uh, which again is supposed to be a difference in the philosophy of the United States and the philosophy philosophy of uh, communist nations like you know the Soviet Union and China. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, I, I, I digress. Uh, you know, the whole <laughs> point being that you know, I, as far as as Trump's personality, I, I don't know. All I know of Trump's personality is what I've seen reflected by the news media and whatnot because i've never personally met the man he might be a great guy to hang around with i might really enjoy playing golf with him i don't know but what i do know is that his effectiveness the effectiveness of his administration was unparalleled because Mm -hmm. while he was being that effective within his administration probably 75 percent or more of his own administration was working in the background to thwart everything that he was doing. So the right. accomplishments that that man made, and he, you know, is unprecedented. It, it's unbelievable, and it just goes to show you what happens when you get somebody in a position in a government position that's not actually a politician. Well, that I saw a, uh, go well. I saw a. Uh, there was a a video I saw the other day, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to throw it out there, and we'll. I'll find it again, and we'll go into detail about it later. But mm-hmm. the guy was talking about uh, there are X amount of these people that are have been convicted of sexual offenses, domestic offenses, and he was asking, he was giving you these stats, right, and asking you to vote whether you thought it was the NBA or the NFL, okay, right. and then there was like so many that couldn't even get a credit card because their credit rating was so bad. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And then at the end, he finishes up. And, I mean, he goes through the stat, and we're talking about sex crimes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. fraud, mm-hmm. financial crimes, can't mm-hmm. pay their own bills, don't pay their own mm-hmm. bills. I mean, the whole gambit, traffic violations, um road rage violations and arrests and convictions. And mm-hmm. then, you know, he had people, he said, okay, raise your hand if you think it was the NBA, and so many rose their hand. And then he said, okay, the NFL, and so many raised their hand. And he said, well, you know, he said, I'm going to tell you, it's not either one of them. It's all the people in the combined between the House and the Senate. Right. Absolutely. Yep. And, 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 that again, therein lies the problem. So uh, this is this is one of the many problems that I see currently, and one of the things that I think really needs to happen. First off, we're really, and this is one of the things I think I mentioned a couple of times. We need to really talk about the Tenth Amendment, and we really need to talk about the Constitution, mm-hmm. because what needs to really happen is we've got to take. We're not going to get this ship righted, okay? Now, and again, I don't. Uh, it, to, to, to anybody that's listening, I don't care if you're a Trump supporter, if you're a Trump antagonist, I don't care if you're, I mean, I really don't care who you're a fan of. I don't care what your politics are. Personally, I'm a libertarian, in case anybody wants to know. Okay. Hmm. But 
the end result of this is we've got to get control over our local and state governments so because the federal government has really grown beyond our ability to control and that should be painfully obvious to anybody that's paying attention in that we you know if you go into just the emergency room anywhere mm -hmm. it is full up of people that are there for paper cuts and other minor right. injuries not well, emergencies as these and they're things... all there because they don't have they're not citizens and or, or they don't have jobs they're not able to get health care taken care of well now the way let, we okay well let's let's yeah. you know the health care thing I, I understand what you're saying but let's also look at this i mean sure. i have people that i work with and family members that they have full-time jobs right some of them are making the this one example i'm going to use this person makes upwards of eighty five thousand dollars a year mm-hmm mm -hmm. But between, and he, he does not live well beyond his means. Matter of fact, mm -hmm. he does his best or tries his best to live as frugally as possible. Mm -hmm. His company doesn't offer health insurance. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the marketplace and tries yep. to purchase it. Well, mm -hmm. because he hits a certain threshold, mm -hmm. he doesn't get any help. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, right. insurance for him, not a silver or gold package, but a bronze package, is $1,400 a month. Right. And I don't know what world you're living in, but if you anybody thinks $1,400 a month for anything is affordable, you're through exactly. the looking glass and living in Wonderland. Right. And, and again, at the end of the day, you would be, if you're in decent health and it's going to cost you $1,400 a month, then you're better off putting that $1,400 a month in the bank mm -hmm. than actually paying an insurance company. Well, I don't gonna... know about the last time you made an insurance claim on anything. Well, insurance companies are in the business of taking your money, oh, yes. not paying for your All claims. Right. Well, is, I'm gonna, I, and then now let's use myself for an example, okay? Sure. Yeah. I had health insurance. Mm -hmm. Didn't want to pay for it because I thought it was too much, particularly mm -hmm. considering before Obamacare, I think my uh, premiums were like less than $200 a month and I only paid mm -hmm. $25 to go mm -hmm. to the doctor and $25 to get medicine. Uh, don't know what happened to that or why that just kind of went away, but I was—I believe I was told uh, I liked my doctor, I could keep him, but it never worked <laughs> yeah. out like that. But uh, for in my case, I see the doctor twice a year, okay? Mm -hmm. The cheapest insurance package I could find in my area was somewhere in the neighborhood of like eight or $900 a month. Mm -hmm. All right? So I'm going to pay $800 a month. So that's what, about $10,000 a year, mm -hmm. give or take? Yep. And have a $70 copay for a specialist, because the doctor I go to is a specialist. I don't use primary care. I just go to the to the uh, the endocrinologist. Mm -hmm. And so the copay is 70 bucks. The medicine mm -hmm. that I take when I was using the insurance cost me $54 a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I got to went one of the trips where I went to see the doctor, 
I was just talking to the, the lady at the front desk, and I was like, well, just out of curiosity, what is the cash price if I came out here with no insurance? Mm-hmm. The cash price to see this endocrinologist is $76. So I'm going to spend ten grand to save $12. Yeah, see, that's the insanity. And that is the insanity right there. And again, the whole point of the matter is that this is, you know, there's people that are going to say, oh, that's what you have when you have a for-profit medical system. Well, you know, we didn't have that problem before the insurance industry got involved. And the problem was exacerbated significantly. Again, um, one of my relatives uh, was all excited about the Affordable Care Act because it finally put her in a position where she and where she was able to afford, um, you know, her health insurance and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and it helped her out. And I will agree that it legitimately helped her out. Now mm-hmm. I won't go into it. She's basically, you know, not she's not really enthusiastic about having a job. Okay, okay. I'll put it that way. Well, and, uh, and the so, most of them, though, when you put it into affordability for mm-hmm. people, right? a lot of times all you're really doing is giving them a subsidy that the rest well, of us are paying for. Well, exactly. So, the, and this was my point. Now, when, and again, at the time, you know, and I know that you know this, our, our, our listeners probably don't, but... I was a single parent. I was a father with three young children, mm-hmm. okay, when all of this was going on, raising them by myself, which was a pretty unusual situation to be in back during that time frame. To be, it to it be still sure. is still unusual today, truthfully. Well, true, but it was highly unusual at that point in time. Um, well, unless you were a widower, but I won't right, go into right. all that. Regardless, at the same time that my... Um, relatives um health care became affordable for her because of the affordable care act or mm-hmm. reasonably more so than it was prior in right, her opinion. Right. my costs increased over 400 percent for oh, me no and Lord. my children and, so and i mean it was sense. astounding and 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 it has never gotten any better and here recently um, I was, you know, charged uh, $291 for a free COVID test because it was supposedly out of network. Well, the thing was supposed to be free to begin with. Mm. And then uh, the same time, my insurance company was like, uh, you know, I got charged uh, well over $300 for my son's dental care. Mm-hmm. And when I reached out to find out what was going on, they said, well, your son wasn't on your policy. Well, he was on my policy six months ago. What happened? I didn't take him off of my policy. Oh, well, he wasn't on there. Well, why was he on there six months ago? Right. But at any rate, so then, and the bottom line is it would be, it would cost me more money to fight to get that. And you're not going to be able to fight them anyway, because they're worth billions of dollars. Exactly. They'll drag it out until you've been put in a pine box and turned to dust. Exactly. And therein lies the problem. Okay, so we've we've allowed this situation to get to the point where there are people who are not held accountable for their actions, mm-hmm. and that goes back to the conversation that we were having about you know these the, these criminals and and whatnot in Washington. Mm-hmm. We've got to take control over the local and state governments again, so that 
we can stand up against the federal government and say, okay, look, not only are you going to investigate these crimes, somebody's going to be prosecuted for these crimes as if they were one of the citizenry. Right. Okay. And that's what we need because, again, we had all of these things. We've had we've had all of these different politicians that they've had special counsels to look mm-hmm. into involved. And it doesn't matter which side of the aisle you're on. You can point your finger at the other side of the aisle and go, well, so-and-so wasn't prosecuted for this, and so-and-so wasn't prosecuted for that. Mm-hmm. Bottom line is, if, we, if, if we're going to get riled, it's the same sort of thing as the, the, the laws about domestic violence cases. If the police are called out on a domestic violence disturbance, somebody goes to jail. Right. And that's the way it needs to be. Okay, if we're going to have this investigation, somebody needs to go to jail. Somebody needs to be punished. We need to hold these people accountable so that we can rein this stuff back in. Because, again, we should, there should be, when an attorney fails to act in his client's interests, Mm -hmm. okay, not necessarily getting them off or doing whatever, but that that attorney needs to act in in their client's interest. You should have a recourse. What's your recourse if your attorney doesn't treat you right? Well, you got to go pay another attorney. attorney. Or you can, or see if they'll allow or an appeal or set aside the conviction or, yeah. in that case. Right. But my question, I mean, the, the problem yeah, but, is, is mm-hmm. they, it has become so entrenched. Right. I don't think there's a way to resolve the issue. And, you know, well, I have joked come- about this a few times. But it, it's getting about to the point to where I just say we bite the bullet, we fill up the Mont Blanc with the with the expensive Mont Blancing, not the knockoff, and we pin in the King's English an apology letter to King Charles and ask him to take it back because evidently we're too stupid to govern ourselves. Well, you know, are you talking about the original King Charles, or are you talking about the current King Charles? The current, well, the current monarch. He would be the one that current would have monarch. to give us a. a I was well, the but, joke I used to say was, "I'm gonna write right. Queen Elizabeth an apology and ask her to take us back." Well, now right. it would be King Charles, because unfortunately, Liz ain't there no more. Well, and again, they're 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 not. They don't. You know, their teeth of their teeth were pulled long ago for things other than you know opening shopping malls and greeting foreign dignitaries as i understand it well they they do but if you read the the constitution in uh the uk in the united kingdom the monarch as we know it yeah they don't do a lot but that's been at the choice of the people that are in it because still traditionally they still have tremendous power and can exercise tremendous power uh, there is actually a movie that came out before Charles uh, became king. It was actually Charles the Third, and that's the name of the movie. Is Charles the Third, and uh, the something I can't I've, I saw it, but something ended up happening, and it uh, the king actually went to the House of Commons and dissolved Parliament mm. and kicked him out, and that is in the monarch's prerogative. They still serve at the pleasure of the monarch. It's just that it has become accepted that the monarch does not normally express views one way or the other. That's why when Charles became king, they were so worried about how he was going to 
act because traditionally he has gotten and been very vocal about some issues that as monarch he wouldn't be able to do and they were wondering if he would stick to tradition or if this was going to end up being a constitutional crisis for the united kingdom well one can only hope well so but again you know so but the end the end result of this as i was saying there may not be any there may not be hope but the only hope that we've got is to start at the local and state right. levels. I mean, that's the only hope that we've got. And again, it's one of those uh, one of the old stories that I've that I've always heard and, and and tried to live my life by is, you know, if you if you are if you kayak out into the into the into the ocean with the tide, or, you know, or, or you know, and then you turn around and you're having to kayak back against the tide mm-hmm. and a headwind comes up you're going to work a lot harder. You got oh, one right. or two choices. You either paddle harder or you're going to float out to sea and die. Right. And so, I mean, we've got to, we've got as a nation, we've got to choose. And again, it's one of those things. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I am right about abortion, that I am right about climate change. I think I am. I'm not going to tell you that I am have the right answer about transgender. I'm not going to tell you that all of my answers are correct. Right. Now, do I personally believe that? You betcha I believe that. Mm-hmm. But we do have room to disagree. Now, the point being, we've got to get back to the point where the citizenry controls and benefits from the government Mm -hmm. uh, or the system of government we have in place. Or we'll just go back to where it was. I mean, again, the United States, you know, was a grand experiment and it ran for, you know, around 250 years Mm -hmm. before it just went completely off the rails. Right. And that's a great run. Mm-hmm. And I believe we can get it back on the rails, but in order to do that, we're going to have to agree to put the things, in, and some of these are unsolvable, okay? Some of these things are 100% legitimately unsolvable, all right? Mm-hmm. The, the abortion debate, you are never going to come to a compromise on that. It's just not going to happen. You're always going to have people that are that diametrically opposed. Well, now, no, you can but come to an agreement, as far but you as, can't come to a compromise. As far as sorry, abortion goes, with the mm-hmm. as far as the federal government's concerned, or mm-hmm. should be concerned, the current situation after the Supreme Court struck down Roe v. Wade is mm-hmm. actually how it should be, because exactly. that actually throws the decision back to the local government to the states and the mm-hmm. states well, i'm mm-hmm. saying the states one of the state's main checks on the federal government they got rid of when they had mm-hmm. when they made it to where senators were elected instead of appointed by the state legislatures that was one right. of the last checks that the states actually had to curtail government corruption and power right well and again these are things that can be these are things that can easily be these well maybe not necessarily easily but they can be rolled back right okay if we have control over our individual states but the biggest problem i think that we've got is just over two things one of them is overall apathy mm-hmm. and the second one is that everybody is working their butt off so hard just to put food on their the table. table exactly right that you know, I mean, and again, when I was a younger man and I had my, you know, three young children, man, I didn't, I, 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 I paid passing attention to politics uh-huh. 
and I voted for the presidential elections, and I vote. I I, I, I occasionally voted for midterms. That was as deep as I got into politics because I didn't have time. I had to figure out right. how to get food on the table for my kids. Mm-hmm. Exactly you know? right. And that's by design. Again, all of, a lot of this stuff I've dis- I've said this before is in um, you know Dale Carnegie's How to Win Friends and Influence People, where mm-hmm. they t- and it talks about. It at a, I believe it was a textile mill, and it was a manufacturing mill of some sort. It might have been a steel mill, but they went through and they started a competition by putting, by setting and pitting the different shifts against one another, and they drastically increased productivity mm-hmm. by creating that strife and competition between the various, um, the various segments, mm-hmm. so that they were always fighting against one another. Well, this is the same thing we're doing now. Yeah, but okay. the problem is, is we are we have lost sight that we have considerably more in common than we yes. ever had in differences. But the differences are being magnified to such a degree that until you curtail some of the BS and the way things are handled, then there I don't see much... Because, you know, used to, it was compromise. You, the, gov, the, mm-hmm. na- the, the function of government was compromise. Because yes. that was the only way you were going to get anything done. But the problem Absolutely. now is everybody takes such a moral stand that that right. leaves compromise out. Because when you start standing on morals, there's no room for compromise on morals. Now, and here's my question, though. Do they, though? Do they really? Now, I'll grant you in universities, in academia, okay, where people, where, when, where, where people are not living in reality, mm-hmm. okay, then a lot of these folks have these strong, I'm never going to budge from my viewpoint beliefs. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you spend a, you know six months actually working for your paycheck or whatever, you know, doing whatever your job mm-hmm. is and trying to make ends meet, I was, you know, and, and, and trying to buy a house, trying to put money aside for mm-hmm. all of these things that you got to do. You spend about six months doing that, and you're going to have a completely different set of values than you have when somebody is paying for your bills and your food and your shelter and your housing, Almost and you're definitely. in this protected environment. Well, and your your priorities switch. I, I, you know, when I yes. was in college, mm-hmm. the way and my worldview was considerably different than it was after I got out and started making a living and realized that. When I, you get that first paycheck, and you say, all right, I'm doing pretty good. I'm making money. And then you see all the stuff that's taken out of it, and you're like, well, what's the point of even going to work if they're going to take three, three quarters of it? Absolutely. And, and, but my, you know, my point being and the, that I was trying to make previously is, is that really the case? Or is it the fact that we do so much of our communication through social media and whatnot, and and that is vastly elect, you know, skewed mm-hmm. intentionally electronically yep. to uh, to 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 present the viewpoint of and uh, uh, there's nothing else I can call them but the ruling class, right? Well, and, and, and I think it's also be a ruling class in the United States. There and I think it's not be, only the social media aspect of it, but I think it's also the in a way, Americans have become 
in some areas we have become smarter, such as in innovation on technology, some technologies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But as far as understanding personal concepts and constructs and actually having classes and stuff and schools teach things that matter, I think overall we have considerably become dumber as a populace. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Well, I need to write that down because a lot of times don't nobody agree with me. Well, you know, I, I, I said I'd agree with it. I didn't say I was listening. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully. <laughs> and you know what we're going to do? And that's the snout to the curly tail and everything in between. And we're going to end it right there. And we'll see. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You have a great evening. You too, my friend. Speak soon. You've been listening to the Carolina Underground. Our passion is to talk about technology, history, media, politics, and how it's all changed over the years and affects our daily life as Gen Xers. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on Twitter at CarolinaUNDGRND. Hit the website at www.thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you've got questions or comments, send an email to info at thecarolinaunderground.com. Stay Gen X strong. See you next time on the Carolina Underground. <laughs>